This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we are here today to, it's another great podcast because I can say it's going to be a great podcast whenever we have a mock draft reaction to go over. Yeah, you love them. I do. It's my favorite time of the year in the NFL. Well, okay. Playoffs are my absolute favorite because that's the kind of full, it's like the last ending of the season into playoffs are my favorite. The Super Bowl is the best. But of the offseason, this is my jam because I get to take the college players that I watched this past year and finally get to talk about them mm-hmm. on this podcast. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a good time. It's a fun time. It's an exciting thing because it's the one time besides maybe week one where there's just so much optimism and hope that anything can happen. Any ship can be, mm-hmm. you know, turned and sailed the right direction finally. Maybe this year the Browns won't be the factory of sadness, you know. Maybe. Well, if the trend of the last two years keeps up, Tennessee will do well enough to be outside, almost outside the top ten because the Bucks are nine this year. Yeah. And next year's number one could be Cleveland if uh, the trend holds true of number two becoming Hopefully. number one. Hopefully. You know, I think. No, I, I mean, I got nothing for <laughs> Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, the problem is. They just miss. Mm-hmm. They whiff so badly. And you got the Wolverine, Jackman, in here. Maybe. Maybe things will, maybe some ships will be righted. The guy from Down Under. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to go he, get. Can he write the ship? He's, he's hoping that he can go out there and get a Red <laughs> Rocket 2.0. Red Rocket, kind of like the red uh, costume. If you saw Deadpool, yeah. they made a lot of Wolverine jokes. So yeah. maybe he just needs to find his Deadpool, but we're going to look at the mock draft today of Mel Kuyper Jr. And I I was thinking about this, and really if you think about our podcast, Uh for MVP, you're basically the Mel Kuyper, and I'm basically the Todd McShay. The reason why I say that is when I see Mel Kuyper, out of the two, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, Todd McShay is more of the college football savvy of the two, where Mel Kuyper knows what he's talking about, but Mel Kuyper will tell you, okay, how does this NFL team fit with this prospect? Whereas mm-hmm. Todd McShay can tell you days and days about just the college prospect alone. We're going to be looking at Mel Kuyper. So this is your guy's mock draft. And the big thing that I notice is the biggest surprise isn't that Joey Bosa fell to number six. Maybe it's not a big surprise to me. Because in my 2.0, I had him falling at 6 to the Ravens. However, the biggest surprise is DeForest Buckner, the first DE, and he's off the board at number 3 to the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of goes into, if you really think that DeForest Buckner is the better of the two, then it just makes sense. Because then you're just plug and play, you know, you're plug Mm -hmm. and play with these two players. uh, Because if it's not him, typically most... Mock draft, it's Joey Bosa, or it's Tunzel. If Tunzel was not taken first overall, you know, it's just basically one of these three guys because the situation is you have these top three players essentially in the draft, and I'm putting quarterback X as the middle one, whoever, whoever the Cleveland goes Browns to, whoever decide goes to take. To the factor of sadness. Yes, they're probably going to take somebody. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of who that's going to be. And then it's just whoever's left, whoever. The Tennessee Titans don't take, essentially. Now, I don't necessarily think I would say DeForest Buckner is the better of these two. Um, you know, he's an interesting size. He's an interesting specimen out there. Maybe you're hoping he can be like a, a freak athlete, J.J. Watt-style kind of guy mm-hmm. who really just kind of single-handedly makes an impact on this team. Um, you know, and some people do want to say that Joey Bosa is a little overrated. But I don't know, man. I don't know. The man has – when you just watch him play, he's pretty dominant. And that Ohio State team, I just trust Urban Meyer. I trust Urban Meyer so much when it comes to creating these guys. Maybe not for my quarterback. You know, Maybe I don't want to draft Cardale Jones out there in like round three, round four. 
But when it comes to the rest of these guys, I can I can trust Urban Meyer to get me a player who's ready to play on my NFL team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, looking back at just a frame of reference, uh, Todd McShay's 2.0, he basically had, the with Kuyper and McShay, they're basically flipped on the Chargers and the Titans. The Titans go at Bosa and McShay's, so then the Chargers go with Tunsil. And just like Mel Kuyper says it right away, he goes, if Tunsil's still available here, the Chargers would have a tough time passing on him. Here's the thing I think of, and this kind of goes into my 2.0. Do the Chargers really go defense here? It, let's say everything holds the form with the top two that Mel Kuyper says. Uh-huh. Tunsil goes to Tennessee, quarterback X. It doesn't matter which quarterback because the Chargers aren't going to take a quarterback. So we'll do the same thing you did. Quarterback X goes to the Browns. Do the Chargers really go defensive end, or do they say, hey, you know what? Phillip Rivers is on the latter half of his career. He doesn't have two, He doesn't have much more time than, than he doesn't have a lot of time is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say with the team. And do you're we, hoping that you're not going to be in this spot yeah, again. Do we go out there, get him a weapon? Because I know Keenan Allen's coming back from injury, hopefully at the beginning of next season. But the wide receivers after him underperformed, didn't do well. So in my mind, the Chargers have to say, okay, we can address the defense later. Let's go ahead and get Phillip someone else to throw to. Boom, Treadwell, you're on the board. Let's get you. But they're essentially, they're not, it's not that they're drafting a defensive player. It's that they're drafting the best player available. Mm-hmm. That's a, That's got to be the logic here. And yeah, you could do great getting a guy like Treadwell, the best wide receiver you know, out there who, for some reason, doesn't want to run at the Combine, but he's the best guy there. Now, uh, he would be the best wide receiver, but I think it's a bit of a reach. I mean, yeah, your team needs him, but the Chargers have been disappointing in pretty much all aspects. It's not mm-hmm. just that they don't have a guy to throw the ball to. This team just couldn't do much at all. You know, the San Diego Chargers need help, as much help as they can get, they were one of the worst teams, only four wins. They couldn't rush they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't score points. Their passing offense was fine when it comes to yardage. They just couldn't actually convert that into anything worthwhile. So I think really anything you can get is a good bet. And to go for the best player on the board, whether you think it's DeForest Buckner, whether you think it's uh, Bosa. Joey Bosa, I th- I think you have to do it because these are freak athletes that were just mm-hmm. putting so far ahead of other people, and you're lucky that the Cleveland Browns are going to take a quarterback in this scenario. You're lucky that they're not going for the second best player on the board, and they're allowing you to take that person instead. I mean, it's per like let's throw it out there. I'm not betting on if I was a betting man, I wouldn't put my money on this, but there could be a chance Hugh Jackman, and yeah, I'm calling him Hugh Jackman because he's the Wolverine. Um, there's a possibility he could say, Hey, you know what, guys? Let's make everyone think we're going to go with a quarterback and then pull the old switcheroo where they go ahead and say, okay, boom, fuck it, Bosa, yeah. you're the guy. And then with that first pick of the second round, basically 32 or thirty-two overall because the Patriots don't have their pick, uh-huh. then go with, uh, okay, boom, there's our quarterback right there. We'll just get him right at the beginning of the second round. And to to kind of put this for Mel Kuyper's mock draft, at least, he has Laquan Treadwell, who we've been talking about, yeah, at 15. I don't agree with that. That's low. Yeah, I, and I mean, now, necessarily, the Cowboys, right now, I mean, a lot can change. I mean, it's only the 2.0. Yeah, but, yeah, right but now, they're, they're probably okay when it comes to wide receiver. I'd agree that they're going to go quarterback. Jacksonville will probably go defense. Ravens will probably go BPA because they're a team, much like the Cowboys and Chargers were, they're hoping not to be here next year. Mm-hmm. However, that 49er team, 40, it's right there. 49ers, I mean, there are so many things that the 49ers yeah. need. The 49ers, I could see 49ers going with mm-hmm. Treadwell, but let's say he doesn't go to the Niners. The Dolphins, they're a team we're sitting at going, okay, does, does Treadwell go here? And the Dolphins could make that push because they could say, hey, you know what? Let's get Tannehill that weapon. Gase, Tannehill needs help for something. Gase, the new uh, head coach there, offensive-minded, could say, hey, let's let ha- 
Let's have him be the number one to Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers probably would pass on Treadwell because they still got Mevins, unless they think that Mike Evans and Winston are going to— I don't know if I would consider Mike Evans— the same talent level, though, as Laquan Treadwell. Well, I'm just saying he's a proven talent. I'm just saying that for Tampa Bay, you got that young quarterback. Mm -hmm. I don't think you should overlook a guy like Laquan Treadwell if he's there. You know who's the one team, though, in the top 10 that if Treadwell falls to them, they would be the stupidest team to pass him? Talking about the Giants? The Giants. Could you imagine OBJ on one side, Laquan Treadwell on the other. It's Game deadly. Over. Game it's over. Deadly. Just let Eli throw the ball. You don't I mean, need they, a running back at that point. Their passing offense last year was already awesome. Yeah, just Jerry give him another great. weapon. Just give him another one. And this is a team that you know scored tons of points. Mm-hmm. You just can't stop. This is going to be like when the yeah. Chicago Bears had Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is what I, I would love to see that. That's exactly what it could be is the exact same thing because, I mean— Treadwell's a guy looking at he he's six two two hundred and ten pounds yeah so he's not the shortest guy out there and he like that's the pick that like fuck the Rams the Rams don't know what we're do what they're doing we're gonna get to them later in the podcast it's the Giants where if Treadwell's there go get him just get him and have OBJ and Laquan Treadwell for. I hate that we have to do this, but we got to call him Equal Manning now yeah. to throw to. I know. It's, it's upsetting that Manning he's Equal anymore. Manning now. Uh, really is disappointing. Don't worry. He'll get one next year, For and the then he'll be better Manning again. We saw his face. He was so disappointed. <laughs> well, now he's Equal Manning. Yeah. Yeah. It was It was a rough day for him. It would really you, was. Would you be happy being Equal Weber in the Weber household? No, it'd be very disappointing. No, very I mean, I, I feel like, well, I don't know about you. I feel like with me and my household, I am the be- Like I am better Widmer. So for me, I know I know what Eli's mm-hmm. feeling. I mean, being better Widmer, being better Manning, feels pretty good. And you can confidently say this because you know that your sister would never oh, listen to this she podcast. She would never listen, and she will probably never know yeah. that I said that So tweet at her. her. I don't know her Twitter, but I don't tweet think at her. she has a Twitter. Let's if, get her a Twitter. Is, is that weird that I don't, like, that me and my sister don't follow each other on Twitter? Do siblings do that? Is that, is I that a sibling I follow my sister on do? Twitter. Yeah, I don't even know if my sister has a Twitter. Let's put it that way. She probably does. Yeah, she probably does. I mean, she has a Facebook and everything. But enough about my sister. Let's, let's continue talk about, talking about Ricky's sister for a little <laughs> bit longer, actually. about the mock draft, though, where— Everybody in the I, comment <laughs> section, demand more topics about Ricky's oh, they, sister. They have already started typing as soon as— They should. —brought up sister. But, I mean, with, with both, okay, like, if he falls to the Ravens, the Ravens are going to go with him. Because, like I said, the Ravens are BPA— but then next pick, we mentioned if Treadwell's there, I said they could go on. But what about the Niners? What do you think the Niners absolutely need at this point in time? Well, the Niners need a lot of things. That's the problem. The Niners are a team that is pretty much at the bottom for a reason. They're not one in fifteen mm-hmm. bottom, Ricky Widmer. Um, but they're pretty they're close. They're pretty they still bad. Suck. For me, actually, the best situation for for the San Francisco 49ers is if Treadwell is there mm-hmm. because this team could not score any points. They couldn't score points. You know, if you're not going to be scoring, if you're not going to be passing the ball and getting yardage, that's awful. Your defense at least was average-ish. They were at least average-ish. Mm-hmm. But that offense was terrible. You're probably going to have a new quarterback. You're probably going to need that new quarterback to have somebody to throw the ball to. At least you can give a nice target that it doesn't really matter if it's a journeyman doesn't matter if it's a young rookie doesn't matter if it's some guy that really should be a backup he's got a target he knows where that ball is going and the whole offense can essentially be built around making that happen this is the best case scenario for the 49ers because if you're not going to be able to go best player available which 49ers might not be able to do that but fortunately, they're in the top 10, so all these players are going to be mm-hmm. good. you got to do something that helps out your offense because your offense is terrible. Well, and I mean, let's be honest. We all know that the 49ers, their biggest need, according to NFL.com, if you look at their draft order, just um, the needs by each team in the draft, the top need is quarterback, especially the moment you said Kaepernick, like, we could trade Kaepernick. He wants to go to New York and play with the Jets. However, at this spot, they could have taken Lynch in Kuyper's draft, but 
Lynch didn't go anywhere. He fell out of the entire first mm-hmm. round for Mel Kuyper. I mean, we're but the weird we, thing is that's kind of a thing that a lot of people are suddenly jumping on the bandwagon, not for any real reason either. People are just kind of jumping on the bandwagon that well, he might fall. The only like the only way I could see him falling out of the first round is if he gets passed up by the Los Angeles Rams. I almost said St. Louis Rams. Apparently, I'm like ESPN, and I haven't mm-hmm. changed my they shit They still yet. don't know. But unless he falls past the Rams, because Detroit, they got Stafford. Ryan is with the Falcons. Luck with the Colts. The Bills might, but no, they're going to stick with Tyrod. The Jets can handle a journeyman or trade for Kaepernick. The Redskins depends on, I mean, they'll franchise tag Curdy Cousins, mm-hmm. but that could be a possibility, but I don't see them taking quarterback. Houston will wait till the second round. Then you have the playoff teams, Bridgewater, Dalton, Big Ben, Wilson, quarterback, 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 all the way through to where maybe if he gets past fi- if he gets past 15, there are two possible spots, like I said, Redskins and Texans. Mm-hmm. But if he gets past the Rams, then I could say, Okay, he'll fall out of the first round. Sure, unless one of these teams really just goes, nope, this is our guy of the future, and we gotta, you know, get Big I mean, Ben. The, bill, the Bills could next do guy that, or something like that. The Bills could do that, but Rex Ryan has his brother, and both defensive-minded Ryan's are gonna say, "Hey, let's go for it." Let's well, get plus, defense. yeah, they're on a mission to a mission from God, something like that, to be the the. <laughs> burning dumpster, Mm -hmm. you know, just the burning uh, garbage truck rolling down the street or something like this. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with them. Um, You know, I I don't know. I I feel like we're not exactly in the time of every single team drafts a quarterback if they Mm -hmm. possibly need a quarterback in the first round. We learned our lesson when certain people got drafted who had no right being drafted in the first round. Well, yeah, Brandon Weeden's his whole own story. Johnny Manziel, case. like, well, I, I wouldn't even I say think, Johnny Manziel. I'm saying more think, of like the years closer to Brandon Weeden, where we were drafting you know quarterback what, upon you know quarterback. What year, you know what year makes the perfect sense? Mm-hmm. The Jake Locker uh, Christian Potter yeah. draft, where Locker went off. Like, I remember the Vikings were going to take Locker. Locker goes off the board. Oh shit, we need a quarterback. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. That's how we got handed Christian Ponder. I'm like, no. At the time, I'm like, no, no. Wait for Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. <laughs> let's let's be honest. At the if I would have taken Colt McCoy over Christian Ponder, every single one of you out there would have went, eh, they, they both suck. So I mean, I guess you're okay. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have to take Christian Ponder when we did. That was probably the stupidest move. What's that Christian we Ponder made. up to nowadays? He I know he went to Oakland and then he married Samantha Ponder. Yeah, though he, I thought he the, married her while he was yeah, with your team. Yeah, I know, but that's probably the best thing he's done since, you know I don't think he's in the NFL anymore. I don't think so. He ended up on the Denver Broncos at one point. Mm, he did. But I, I don't think he was there for the Super Bowl. No, he wasn't. Thank God he didn't get a Super Bowl. But I mean Back to the original team that this all started with. Yeah, he got waived in December. Okay. The Nin- Just want to put that out there. <laughs> the Niners, here's what I think they could do. Yeah, Mel Kuyper has them going with Miles Jack, linebacker out of UCLA. But I feel like if Treadwell's off the board, or if they say, you know what, we're not going to go with Treadwell, they're either going to take quarterback, which will probably be Lynch, or Chip Kelly. To me, I feel like... He may do the same thing he did in Philly, where he goes, okay, first year, I I need an offensive lineman. And he goes ahead and he drafts yeah. an offensive lineman. He could. There'll be some available. Uh, you know, I, well, I really, he could go with Ronnie Stanley, who right Mel there. Kuyper has going right after the 49ers. Yeah, I just really, when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers, they got a lot that they need to fill. So really, you're in one of those unfortunate good situations where mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Whoever you take, it's a good pick because you really need pretty much everything. I think if they do go with a guy, yes, you could use a linebacker, sure. But if if you have that first round pick and it's a guy on the defense, I'm going to sit there and go, but our offense was like one of mm-hmm. the worst offenses in the entire NFL. And we are supposedly having this real you know, mastermind of an NFL um, slash college offensive quarterback, or not quarterback, coach, offensive coach mm-hmm. here. 
and going to go for a linebacker. All right, I guess we'll expect some more pedestrian offense again. You know, I don't know. I wouldn't be excited about that, but like I said, you're in a fortunate situation, which is unfortunate, that, hey, whatever you take, it's going to be an improvement over last year. You know what would be funny in my mind? It was 2013, by the way, that that was Chip Kelly's first draft with the Eagles. Uh-huh. The offensive tackle they did take fourth overall, which isn't that far from where the Niners are now. They took Lane Johnson out of Oklahoma. Yeah. The next pick by the Lions in that draft was Ziggy Ansah. Mm. Ended up being a pro bowler yeah. in his short career so far. It would be funny to me as if at seven, Chip Kelly goes, you know what? We need an offensive tackle. I'm going with Ronnie Staley. Then the Dolphins go, fuck it. We're just going to go Miles Jack. And whatever or whatever defensive player at eight, and whatever defensive player they take becomes a pro bowler. You just want to see Chip Kelly back in college. Yeah, or Chip Kelly whiff on two straight back-to-back first drafts with his team because, yeah, like you said, back to college. And I mean, the Giants, we talked about them. Mel Kuyper had them going with Noah Spence. This is a kid that I mentioned after the Senior Bowl on the Primetime Podcast. Mm -hmm. This is a kid we could see climb up draft boards, especially this week. And I say this week because it's Combine Week. And I know we mentioned Treadwell's not going to be running. But to me, this is the the more like for it was what two years ago when Michael Sam was in the draft. It was the same thing yeah, when Michael so. Sam was in the draft. Where did anyone really care about what he was going to do on the field at the combine? No, it was what he was going to say in the interviews or Manzel coming out of college. What are you going to say in the interviews? This is a kid. Coming out of Eastern Kentucky, but some of you, if you've watched, seen my mock drafts, you should know he also was with Urban Meyer and OSU before getting kicked off that team. Character issues are a big thing that NFL teams look for and stay away from. Lovey Smith, we have joked about on many podcasts, many about just avoiding guys that have character issues. Mm-hmm. This is a guy, like I said, this is going to be an important week for him. He's got to answer all the questions right because can he play on the field? You're damn right he can. However, if that team has that one thought of, you know what, I I don't feel confident with this guy, that's what he's got to answer. Yeah. You can throw Kem Dietschy in the same boat. Oh, for sure. And you notice he, you know, he's he's where you had he's him a guy in your first falls. one. Yeah, you know, it's almost like I, like I knew something, you know. Mm-hmm. But – you never want to get that phone call from your future GMs asking you, hey, did your player, did your fellow teammates come to your 21st birthday party? You know, you don't want that okay, question being day. asked. Okay, draft My day. dad was watching that the other day, actually, <laughs> and I was like, is this draft day? It is draft day. What do you know? Um, it was a good movie. I it was mean, fun. They had you, no understanding of how the draft you, works, like, but really sure. Unless you know the draft. Pro- I mean, that trading scene, yeah. best scene in a mo- in like a football movie, but I'm like, that's not how the draft works. Like You guys had literally had <laughs> zero understanding of how this works, but that's fine. It was it's fun. it's a movie, yeah. It was fun to watch. Much like Deadpool fun to would watch. never possibly be able to happen, I mm-hmm. enjoy watching it. Yeah, it was a great movie. Great yeah. movie. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and see it. Unless you're not allowed to see a rated R movie, then go don't don't go see it. Yeah, don't be don't be that guy. All right, don't be that guy. But with Spence and Kim Dichi to get back onto them, do you think mm-hmm. either of these two? I mean, Spence right now. Honestly, I is think it's a little. I think it's a little high. Um, you know, I I think those character issues do maybe, come back. Maybe after the combine, like if he had a good interview and teams were like, mm. okay. Cool, we can put what happened two years behind us, then maybe. I just, I mean. It's premature. A little bit. I would say it's a little premature. To me, I feel like right now, though, because of, do they both have the physical talent? Yes. But just of how much time has passed between the incidents, can Deep he's on the down. Noah Spence is kind of on the up. The way I would describe it is it's kind of like Shane Ray, Randy Gregory. Kim Dietschy will most could most likely be the Randy Gregory fall the furthest. Noah Spence, yeah, ten's a little high for me, but he could be the Shane Ray. Still going to be a first rounder. However, where is he going to fall? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the the combine is going to tell us a lot. Mm-hmm. It really will. 
And I think these type of players just are those guys who their agent is telling them, lay low. He's he's buying them all the video games in the world, buying them tons of movies. He's going, here, you ever watch Friday Night Lights? You should watch Friday Night Lights. It's a great show. Here, here, I bought it for you. Go watch it. <laughs> You know, maybe you should read all the Harry Potters. You should read all, all. the Harry. You should read Potters. all seven of them. Uh, you know, he, they're doing whatever they can to keep these guys in their house, in their room, not getting into trouble, not causing more more problems. Because the combine is the time you mm-hmm. can turn it around. After that combine, anything that happens, you're done. You know, that's the free fall at that point. What about the Houston Texans and? Kind of Mel Kuyper between his first and his second, he kind of did a little bit of a 180 in my mind. And the reason why I say that is he had Zeke, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott, who running back Ohio State, he originally had them had him going to the Broncos at 29 at the time. And it's like, okay, I can see what you're saying. Maybe the... Texans pass on a running back, even though I saw Zeke early on as like, that's the guy. He's the guy they want. He's the guy that you want to replace Arian Foster. I'll be honest, in my 2.0, your 2.0 is going to come out. We're doing it a little bit weird this year where we're following Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's last year's schedule. Mm -hmm. So my 3.0 will come out before your 2.0. I know it's ass backwards. We'll fix it next year. But... In my 2.0, Zeke was the high riser in mine. I had him top 10 pick to the Giants. Now Mel Kuyper has him to the Texans. Is this really where we see Zeke, or is this just the beginning for his rising and his Ricky being Nostradamus right now because I had him at 10 and number 2? No, I think you should calm yourself down a little bit, Ricky. <laughs> the only, I do have the kiss of death. The only team I really think could possibly go and try and grab him would be like the Colts or the mm-hmm. Lions. You know, one of these teams I think is the highest he could possibly go. But the Lions just took Amir Abdullah last year. They did. They definitely did. Um, but at the same time, they did just let somebody else go. Mm-hmm. So they have room on the roster. It's just I don't see him going that high. And the problem for the Colts is the Colts just whiffed on a guy, Trent Richardson, not too long ago, and then Frank Gore. So do they really trust that, you know, the, we're going to go to the draft? Do they want to try something different, uh, get one of these fresh young guys out of college? Not that Trent Richardson was that old. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't see it. And if it doesn't go to the Colts, I really think it is the Texans. Mm-hmm. And if the Texans for some reason pass, you know, you might be right with the Denver Broncos. Uh, as we were talking about just a little bit ago, if Matt Forte doesn't somehow end up at the, in Seattle, Maybe the Seattle Seahawks can try and grab him. I don't know. Uh, you know, they don't really have a huge need at the running back position, but they definitely have a little bit of a hole there. I can't imagine Ezekiel Elliott climbs all the way to the top ten. Running backs just don't really go in the top ten that much anymore. Um, you know, I don't know. Mid to late round is where I got Ezekiel Elliott. So, and I mean, with Zeke, the reason why I had him go up to 10 and mine was it was just one of those things where I'm like, you know what? The Giants could just say, fuck it. Let's get a guy behind Eli because we need a solid run game. However, like I mentioned before, if Laquan Treadwell falls, sorry, Zeke, you're not going. We Let's go with this guy that we can put on the opposite side of OBJ. The one thing I will say I didn't mention was Kuiper had – I like how he had Wentz to the Texans. Mm-hmm. He's kind of on that bandwagon of like, okay, this is a guy that could rise. Because in McShay's, his 1.0 had him to the Cardinals. Now Wentz is all the way at the top. Yeah, number And now two. it's like, okay, now let's bump Ezekiel Elliott in there. You know, you know what pick I don't like at all? What's that? My my Viking pick. I don't like Cody White. Like Cody Whitehair out of the guard out of Kansas State. I get it. We need to we need to fix the offensive line. We do. However, is that really our top need? Is that really the need where I'm saying, okay, go ahead and take an offensive tackle in our first round? I I don't like it. I will say over 
and over and over that I feel the Vikings' best pick in the first round, wide receiver, no matter what. You draft a wide receiver. You go with a guy that can help Teddy Bridgewater because we talk about Teddy Bridgewater needing to improve. Oh, the biggest thing that we need to see from Teddy next year is improvement. Well, how about giving them people to throw to? Mike Wallace didn't work. We figured that out. Greg Jennings, remember Greg, Greg Jennings? Jennings didn't work. Stefan Diggs, he worked last year. We'll see how he progresses mm-hmm. into year number two, but it's like, come on. Gotta have some time to make those throws, though. Like, if we take white hair, it's gonna be one of those things where, like, I go, okay. He's an okay pick, but God, do I hate this pick. It's going to be like, you want to know what I compare it to? It'll probably be when me and you didn't like the Tony Snell pick for the Chicago Bulls way back when. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because me and you didn't like that pick. No, we didn't like it. it. And I feel like like some Viking fans will be like, yeah, we need to upgrade the offensive line. But I'd be like, we need a wide receiver. That's what we need. Yeah, I don't know. I got to have time to throw that ball. You really need time to throw that ball. Wide receiver would be great. It would be very helpful. It would make that offense quite a bit more dangerous. Uh, But, you know, I don't think you're making a bad decision if you go and improve the offensive line. Because like you said, that offensive line needs improvement. And it's a very, trust somebody from Chicago, Ricky. Fixing the offensive (laughs) line is a lot more difficult than it sounds. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's not as We're bad as We're still a work in progress. It's not as bad as when, uh, but how did Gabe Karimi work out when you took him so late in the draft? I don't know. I don't know who he is. <laughs> Gabe He's Karimi. not on this team He's anymore. He's not on the team anymore. You traded him to Tampa. There's two last things I want to talk about with this draft. The first one being at number 11, Chicago, taking Jalen Smith, linebacker, Notre Dame. You're the Bears fan. What do you think about Kuyper's pick for the Bears? First of all, I want to give a shout-out to J- uh, to Gabe Karimi, currently a free agent. He's available. You can get him if you, you did, want him. You did trade him to Tampa. That's the last yeah, We did. Now had, he's yeah. gone. Yeah, but you could, uh, he's, you could grab gone. him if you want. He's available. He's probably <laughs> no, cheap. I'll pass on Gabe, the Wisconsin alum. You know, I mean, these, these mock drafts, it's unfortunate as a Chicago Bears fan because they're not exciting, they're not mm-hmm. fun, because it's just the same two, same two players all the time. It's not Jalen Smith. Then you might get Miles Jack. If he's available. If, if he falls in this one, Kuiper has him going sooner rather than And that's than basically later. it. I mean, those are the only guys who are available at, you know, an earlier time. Mm-hmm. You might have had someone say Laquan Treadwell. They, the yeah. Bears will grab him just because the Bears showed a little bit of interest. Uh, basically Man, scare that'd, tactic that'd into great, Alshon Jeffrey. That would be a great story, though. The guy from Crete Moni from Crete, Illinois, oh, getting to come and play for his Illinois team. Mm-hmm. That'd be wonderful. But it's not going to happen. Last thing I want to mention before we move on to the Jets, though, is the Kansas City Chief pick. This is one where I saw it, and me as an Illinois fan went, what the fuck, Mel? Mm -hmm. Like, are you serious? Because don't get me wrong. Jihad Ward, I love Jihad Ward. He was one of our better defensive players this last year. But I look at it and I go... Really? You really think that Ward is first round talent ready? I mean, if I would if I would have put that in my last mock draft, everybody in the comment section would have been like, well, Ricky, calm down. Let's calm down now. He like Illinois player didn't do that well. Just to give you guys a little bit of history from Illinois, the last player to be drafted in the first round, I'll give you two because they came in the same exact draft. 26th overall to the Houston Texans, Whitney Marcellus, outside linebacker, and then four picks later, he is now a free agent, but I believe he was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. He was with the Chiefs, then went to the Niners. Was drafted by the Niners and went to the Chiefs. I had that backed up. A.J. Jenkins. Hmm. Those are the nice. last two first-round picks Illinois has had, and that was four years ago. Yeah, they don't produce. Do I re- Do you really think Illinois is going to get a first-round pick this year? 
let alone it be 28. And I like that in his description. You know, we don't go into his descriptions too much, but Mm -hmm. the last thing he says is, could be coached into a truly special player. Yeah, and I bet he could. I I loved Ward. Let's be honest. He was one of the Fighting Illini's better defensive players. Like, when I watched games on defense, he was the one that was like, oh, thank you, Jihad. Thank you. And he was one of our um, junior transfers from two years ago that came over and really kind of, uh, let's be honest, Illinois sucks, but he kind of. Yeah, they're bad. He re- he made the defense better than what it was, and he's got the intangibles. He's a durable player. The only thing I would kind of say he needs to work on more is his pass rush ability. He's a guy that he's good versus the run. He's versatile. He has the motor. But it's that pass rush that he'll just need to tweak a little bit. And he'll he'll need some coaching. Does Andy Reid take him first or first round? I don't think so. Maybe second round at the highest for Jihad. I don't know, though. He could have a great pro day and shock people. But we're going to move on, though, from the mock draft. We always spend a ton of time on these mock drafts. But we're going to move on to... Some actual news that happened this week. And this one coming down beginning of the week. We're recording the podcast on Monday this week because of some scheduling issues that I had for Tuesday. But, Mark, earlier today, the Jets coming out and saying, hey, Antonio Cromartie, thanks but no thanks. The 31-year-old quarterback was released. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting. Uh, It's kind of a move to the future, I guess. Mm -hmm. They're just... It's one of those hard decisions that a team makes. Uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a bummer because he is such an important part of the New York Jets kind of history, and he's done okay. He hasn't done amazing in the last few years, I'd say. Um, so he, you know, it's just basically one of those things where the guy is he's gotten older. He's not going to play at the same level that he had always played at before. But it's not like he's really lost a ton of steam. You know, it's not like he's just completely fallen off the map. He's going to be a guy who players on the other team respect. He's going to be a guy that you kind of make some game plans around. You kind of figure out what you can do to avoid this guy. But, you know, you just got to understand that he's not the same person he was Mm -hmm. You know, whether it was 2008, whether it's, yeah, exactly. Well, the Arizona was just a little bit ago, but even I'm going back to the, you know, the San Diego days or when he first got to the Mm -hmm. New York Jets, you know, he's not that player anymore. Uh, And he's not going to be like 2007 Cromartie when he had 10 INTs mm -hmm. for an average of 14 yards and a touchdown. And the New York Jets, you know, fortunately for them, they're not in the position where they're saying, we want to just keep one of these guys around to kind of coach up our young players. They're saying, hey, we won some games last year. We won quite a few games last year. We can't afford to keep one of these guys around. We got to get people who are contributing so this 10 win can become an 11 win, can become a 12 win. We can win the division. We can beat the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. We can take it from Tom Brady. That's what they got to be doing. So, you know, it's not a move that makes the fans happy, uh, but it's something that, you know, you just got to do. And, I mean, there, this one is harder than – we asked the same question last week about Matt Forte. Where will he play in 2016? Because that's what you're going to get when most guys are released. If they're big names on the podcast, we're going to talk about – where they could play in 2016. This one, not as clear-cut to me as Matt Forte because as a 31-year-old cornerback, he could virtually go anywhere that could use defensive back help. Mm -hmm. The one thing I am reading, though, and I don't know how reliable this source is coming out of um, New Jersey, NJ.com, they have an article where it says Antonio Cromartie expected to be willing to return to Jets for less money per source. So, I mean, he let's be honest. He was cut for salary cap reasons because the Jets saved $8 million on the salary cap for cutting him. Do you think that's just what's going to happen is the Jets are going to say, okay, we're going to re-sign you at a lower cost. Does he go to a different team? If he does, where does he go? 
What do you think? He might be at that point in his career where he is looking to, you know, the future. He's looking mm-hmm. about where he's going to retire. And that's another choice. Does he just say, fuck it, I'm done? I, I don't think he'll say he's done. I think he, if nobody wants him, he might make that decision. But I don't think he's going to do that on his own. Not yet, at least. Uh, basically, he might be thinking about those times in San Diego or in New York and thinking, all right, these were the teams I was at the most. I can come back to New York, play a little bit more, you know, maybe play another season, maybe play two seasons, and then I can call it a game. Or, mm-hmm. or then I can call it a career. I definitely think he's probably looking ahead and getting to that point where he's thinking about his legacy, thinking about how he wants to be remembered. Um, you know, I I don't really expect him to go be a you know be a guy who's going to play on a contender, who's going to be that I'm just going here so I can get my ring kind of guy. I I really can't say where I think Antonio Cromartie is going to go because, like you said, he can go anywhere. He's one of these players where any team mm-hmm. that really needs a guy, they'll probably give him a call and say, "Hey, you know, what do you what do you you think you might want to play in Cleveland? You think you might want to play in Tampa Bay? You know, he's going to get a lot of these calls. I think from a lot of these teams lower on the spectrum who don't have great offenses. I don't think that the New England Patriots are going to give him a call. I don't think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be giving him a mm-hmm. call. Teams that actually will be competing, teams that will try and get into the There's Super Bowl. one team. Don't one think so. team. And I mean, immediately what I did is I started looking at, obviously, the number one connection, because he's played on them now for two years in a row, is Todd Bowles right there in New York. Cromartie played under Bowles as a defensive coordinator in 14 with the Cardinals this past year, obviously, with Bowles in New York, just followed him straight to New York, could resign with him. Otherwise, the other two head coaches that he's played under is Norv Turner. He played under in um, San Diego for three of his four years in San Diego. Norv Turner took over in Cromartie's second year in the league. I don't think he gets a re reuniting with uh, Norv Turner because Turner's now an offensive coordinator with my Vikings, and I just don't think the Vikings go to offer him a contract. However, the one team, and this is probably it's either going to be the Jets or this team, a team that's also in the AFC East, he did play under Rex Ryan during Rex Ryan's career in New York from 2010 to 2013, does maybe Rex Ryan give him a call and say, hey, you know what, if the Jets don't want you, come give it one more go in Buffalo, try to make the playoffs with us. Okay, same way. We we either make the playoffs or we're all out of a job. So you want to come over here? Yeah, the Ryan brothers might do it. Uh, You know, it's just, I don't know, this one's just kind of, it's a tough question to really have an answer to until we start seeing some of the teams that are interested. Mm-hmm. Um, because really, and I, I know that might sound a little silly, but well, right the now, problem is that literally any team could mm-hmm. give him a call. It's not a Matt Forte situation where it's, hey, Matt Forte will be able to push one of these teams over uh-huh. from not Super Bowl contender to Super Bowl contender. So which one of these is he going to go to? Slash, Matt Forte just wants a ring. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure Antonio Cromartie would love a ring. I, I bet that the man would. But he's not going to be the guy, and he's not of that status and able to really be that, I'm pushing this team to the next level. Well, and I mean, the weird thing, too, is right now we're in a weird time in the football schedule because right now the big thing going on is the combine. The combine starts tomorrow as we're recording this podcast. It's going to go on all week and throughout the weekend. March 1st is when we get the franchise tag deadline. And then March 7th through 9th is when teams are finally permitted to um, contact and enter negotiations with certified agents of players who will become unrestricted free agents. So... The league year doesn't start until March 9th. So right now, we're not going to... To me, I feel with Cromartie, we're not going to know any teams that are interested 
until I'm going to say March 9th at 3 p.m. Central time for us. Mm -hmm. That's when free agency starts. I mean, you might get some little rumors here and there of, oh, this team might be interested. That team might be interested. You know, and you might even have some. We may have one or two, but like most of them aren't going to start rolling in until actually mm. teams are like. And, and Crowbar is not going to be one of these guys that, unless he gets re-signed by the Jets, mm-hmm. he's not going to be one of these guys that highly touted. Yeah, like, that like day agent. one, boom, he's gone. He's not going to be that guy that no, as he's soon gonna, as it starts, you got yeah. your update on Twitter. He's going to be a journeyman type quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually we talk about quarterbacks being that, but yeah, he's going to be the journeyman now. Where if he's going to go to another team, that's what he's going to be, a journeyman. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, you know, it's not a big-name splash or anything like that. He's going to have to sit, and he's going to have to wait and kind of see what teams do give him that call. Okay, the last thing we're going to move into on the podcast is we got to talk about Like, I know we we went a long time this podcast on the Mel Kuyper draft, but we've got to fit this one in here, Mark. The Los Angeles Rams go ahead, and this past week, they cut James Laurinaitis, Chris Long, and Jared Cook. And I, I saw this ESPN update come on my phone, and my first thought was, what the fuck? Really? Yeah, it's—here's the thing for the St. Louis Rams slash Los Angeles Rams, depending on if you're looking at ESPN or anywhere else on the internet. Yeah. Uh, if you know, if you guys haven't noticed, we figured out that ESPN doesn't have the name changed yet, and we find it hilarious. Um, so for the Los Angeles Rams, they're basically—I mean, even though you can say, "Hey, the Rams' record wasn't that bad; mm-hmm. they were a seven and nine team," but they're a seven and nine team who just moved to another city. Who? Which city did they move to, though? That's the more important part. They moved to L.A. They moved to the one city where expectations are probably super fucking high because it's L.A. I mean, maybe you're sitting there going, well, not really because the Lakers suck. The Clippers aren't going to win the West and the whole, like, unless you're a Kings fan, you don't have anything to root for in L.A. So the Rams are just going to fit right in as a sucky team. But... No, LA's usually to me been that city where it's like we expect good things from our football team. We expect to win. What we football team? Win they now. don't keep their football well, teams. I'm talking about USC. Oh, you can do that, mm-hmm. but USC, you know, they've been or UCLA, not so great depending anymore. on where you are in LA. Those teams aren't so great anymore. Yeah, I know, and it. I feel like LA fans are starting to get a little fed up with that. And they'll run the next football team out of this place, too, because <laughs> that's what get, they do. Or they'll get two. They get Raiders, they get Rams, and they go, eh, you guys can leave. It's fine. And they have the possibility to get Chargers. But here's the thing for, for the St. Louis Rams slash Los Angeles Rams. They <laughs> Slash Los Angeles Rams. Depends, what, what depends where yep. you're at in the internet. Um, they kind of are admitting that, hey, you know what? We're starting over. Yes, this was basically about clearing out various cap room to kind of fix those those situations that they're under. But they whiffed on the quarterback. That's not working out. Coaching is not looking so great. Uh, They're basically making decisions that aren't working out all that well for them. Um, They're kind of just saying, all right, reboot. Not complete reboot. But we're going to reboot the majority of this. Mm -hmm. And cutting some of these guys who have been staples on the team, who have been great performing players, is exactly that. It's just saying, you know what, fine. We're doing it all over again. We are going to build this back up because we're not going to beat Arizona today. We're not going to beat Seattle today. San Francisco's starting over. So we'll do it too. And we'll build back up. We will fix the things that are wrong with our team. And we will start by going to the draft. They're basically rebirthing this team in L.A. I'm looking at it. it, I didn't think about it until you brought it up. Most of, I would say most, except for the Raiders, the California team, San Diego, Mm -hmm. San Fran, and now L.A. Well, yet again, looking at the teams on ESPN, they still say St. Louis. But most of the California teams are rebooting in a way. Yeah, rebuilding, and I mean, maybe California's like, man, our football sucks right now. It does. I mean, the 49ers, what was it, three three years ago, you guys had a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, Harbaugh. San Francisco in the Bay Area, and Oakland to me is the top team 
in California right now, but I I immediately made the joke to Dave Oster, who is on the Fast Break podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast. I immediately said to him, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Let's move to L.A. where the lights are brighter than St. Louis, but we'll just cut all our good players. We'll just cut all our good veterans. and Got to restart. I know Rams fans who are in L.A., that are finally coming out of the woodworks like, oh, shit, we have a football team again? I can pull out this old Ram shirt or jersey or helmet or Mm -hmm. whatever you guys have because you've had Save the Rams or Bring Back the Rams for so many years. I know it saves them $24 million in cap space. But did you really have to let them go? To me, especially James Laurinaitis, you spent... Such a high draft pick on him. I'm going to say second round is was high for Laurinaitis. 35th overall. These close to a first rounder. It didn't seem like he was doing anything that warranted him getting cut. And each one of these guys, we talked about Cromartie being like, you won't hear about him right away. These guys are going to get offers right away on the ninth at 3 o'clock. Probably, yeah. They probably should. These guys, because, I mean, Laurinaitis, yeah, it's been four years since he's had a 100-tackle season, but 61 tackles. And, I mean, yeah, the sack numbers were kind of down, but he still had he had three, three safeties this year, a pass deflection, an interception. And, I mean, this is a guy who is still going to go out there and just get after players. Is he going to probably get them in the backfield? Maybe not as much being the um, middle linebacker that he is, but he can still get after guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. For me, the thing that I find, the thing I like most about this is it's telling of where the St. Louis slash Los Angeles Rams are as a team. They are a team who admits that they're in that kind of middle ground and they're just going to do it over. Do they draft a quarterback? Because that's usually what teams do when they reboot. They go in the draft yeah. and they get a quarterback. Well, and it depends. As we do talked they get about, paid Manning. No, Ricky, stop it. Because <laughs> because that's what they want. They you want cut Manning. You cut that out. Uh, as we talked about earlier in this podcast in the mock draft equal section, Manning. Um, yeah, equal Manning. They, according to Mel Kiper, not going to take that quarterback. They're going to pass on this one. I find it hard to believe that the Los Angeles Rams don't draft a quarterback in this Unless they draft. bring back Nick Foles. I don't know if they want Nick Foles. I mean, it's just they pretty completely whiffed mm-hmm. on this whole Nick Foles trade. They could not score points. They had the worst passing attack in the entire NFL. Rushing? All right. Rushing was good. You were one of the better rushing teams for sure. Your defense? Your defense wasn't all that bad. They were a little above average for sure. So the thing that you got to work on is exactly that. It is passing. It is scoring points. That's what you got to do. They go to the draft and get that quarterback. Unless they really, I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. some people might say this is writing on the wall that they're clearing out cap space because they're going to go big money for that Peyton Manning. But no, it's not going to happen. I just can't, I can't imagine that they're big money for some player. I really think it's just them saying, clear out everything. We're not getting to the playoffs this year, next year, or the year after that. Get a high draft. Oh, God, I hate when team. It, it I don't just, necessarily think that they're just tanking. Remind, I just think that they're rebooting. Me of the 76ers, let's tank for the pick. But, I mean, in the NFL, you can tank for that number one pick and actually get it. One thing I do want to say, and this goes for a comment that we got on a past video last week when it came to, because we kind of mentioned some of the high quarterbacks when Mm -hmm. we talked about who could get tagged and who could not. One of the comments that we had mentioned a Carson Palmer being a free agent this season. And I kind of raised an eyebrow a little bit because the comment, and I'll say it, you forgot to add Cardinals Carson Palmer is a free agent. And I kind of raised my eyebrow because I'm like, really? I'm looking at Spot Rack right now. 
he's technically under contract with the Cardinals till 2018. Mm-hmm. So he's got two more seasons. And 2000, technically it could be 2019. Because 18, they've got a club option with them. Well, I can't imagine Carson Palmer wants to go anywhere anyways. No, he's with the Cardinals. And I mean... This is a team unle- that nearly went to the Super unless, Bowl. And I mean, if he was a free agent, unless the Rams are going to throw out a huge contract out. You know what I can and, see the Rams mm-hmm. doing? Let's say I'm going to bring Peyton Manning into it. Not Peyton Manning going to them. If Peyton Manning dicks around like he is and doesn't give the Broncos an answer... And the Broncos let this mull without actually saying, hey, give us an answer by this time or we're cutting you. Mm-hmm. He's going to dick around and Brock the cock could no. go on to free agency. Let's, let's, I all, could, let's all I calm could down. See, I could see the Rams. Let's throw, all calm wait, down. Wait, I could see the Rams throwing a ridiculous amount at Brock the cock and overpaying him to be their quarterback. I still stand by this. Money speaks. I know that everybody likes money, but you don't go from the best team in the NFL, which is your team now. The, do we know keys, that? Because Peyton we do. Manning has retired. For, we know it for a fact. John Elway has zero interest in Peyton se- Manning anymore. And it seems like, well, if he did, then why are why because is he still he, Because waiting? he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Okay, that's He's bullshit. not Tom Brady. That is fucking He is bullshit. not Tom Brady, but if he is you, one of the best quarterbacks all the time. They're are, giving him respect. If you are John Elway. Who is the GM? John Elway, exactly. If one you, of the best quarterbacks you, of all time as well. If you are John Elway and you have, like you mm. said, are already moving on from Peyton Manning, you either A, tell him so that your decision doesn't fucking matter, or B, you said, you say, hey, you can pick mm. up the phone and just call him and say, hey, you know what? Can we get a decision before the ninth? Just so I can talk to Brock in case you retire. They've they've had the conversation with Brock. Brock knows exactly what's happening. They're all going to be hush hush because John Elway respects that quarterback, you know, NFL player brotherhood. He respects that. He knows how it is. Now he's probably sitting there going, Peyton, come on, man. I, 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 would you mind hurrying honestly, up? But they've I mean, had the conversation. This goes with Brock. on the other side too, where Peyton Manning, like I. I get it. You don't want to rush into anything. He's drinking his Bud Light right now. By this time, you've got to know. Mm -hmm. You have to know whether you want to or you not. I'm going to say something that my grandmother used to say all the time. Shit or get off the pot. Yeah. That's what Peyton Manning has to do because he's the Broncos are right now being held at gunpoint by Peyton Manning. Oh, no, they're not. And I could... And I could see if this doesn't get resolved before that ninth and free agency opens, as soon as free agency opens, if nothing's in stone that Brock has a deal with the Broncos, the Ram- now will Brock take it? I don't know. But I'm just saying, I could see the Rams saying, here's a ridiculous amount of money, probably overpaying you, but here you go. Here's a ton of money. I don't think that there's a chance... At all. That Brock Osweiler is, A, not a Denver Bronco next year. B, that he has any doubt in his mind about Peyton Manning being the starting quarterback. He knows it's his team. And I, you know, they're not supposed to do this type of stuff really. Mm -hmm. But there's no doubt in my mind that they've had that conversation behind a closed door that said, hey, don't worry about it. You are our guy next year, but we can't talk about it yet. We can't. This conversation never happened. It never exists. I haven't seen you since the Super Bowl. Don't Hillary Clinton now. Don't let there be emails don't be, about that Don't have uh, email. Don't, don't have it in your phone uh-huh. like Tom Brady and have to destroy your phone. Oh, what phone? That's in that's in the river. <laughs> what phone? <laughs> Smash. I don't know what you're talking about. Thanks, Aaron, for the advice. Yeah, right? So, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind. Yes, teams would probably overpay Brock Osweiler, but like I said— the Denver Broncos are the best team in the NFL, mm-hmm. and there's no better coach out there for Brock Osweiler than Gary Kubiak. They're a match made in heaven. I hate to say it because I don't really care about Gary Kubiak that much, but they are a match made in heaven. So this is the perfect situation. He's not going anywhere. He's a smart man. And this topic kind of took a little bit of a turn from the Rams mm-hmm. to the Broncos. But before I go on my spiel, ending the podcast, just simple question. The cuts... For the Rams, do they make sense, yes or no? Yes, they do make sense for a team that is rebuilding. 
I'm going to say— And the Rams just admitted that they are a team that's rebuilding. I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to say no at the same time because— Because you're copping out. There's one, there's one of those guys, and I'm talking about Laurinaitis, who I would have kept him more— I mean, Jared Cook to me is not an elite tight end, so yeah, you could cut him. But if I had to choose one, I'd say yes, I guess, because the Rams are the Rams, and Stan Kroenke can go fuck himself. But that's going to do it for the onside kick— this week, I want to thank you guys for listening, whether it's on SoundCloud or in the individual parts on YouTube. You guys are the main reason why we do this podcast. If you could, please go ahead, hit that repost and heart button on SoundCloud, that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Go ahead, if you're an iTunes user, you can catch the Onside Kick and all of Most Valuable Podcasts podcast on iTunes. Get them right to your phone or tablet so you know exactly when our podcasts are out, I'm Ricky Widmer at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at the Mark Weber. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. I want to thank you guys again for checking this one out. We'll see you next week. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.